Welcome to the Inner Dominatrix Podcast, the show that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. And as always, I have some amazing guests that come on my show, and today is no exception. Joe Casey is a she's an amazing entrepreneur. I have met her actually online. We've been interacting on a Facebook group that she runs, and I really love her energy. I love how she shows up. And you're going to really notice how her and I have an overlap in you know, where we want to take people and how we want to get them to show up in the world. And, you know, this idea of being able to get past what you think you should be doing and moving into what's going to actually work for you. So Joe Joe is a certified coach, speaker, trainer, coach mentor. Um, She's over in the UK, so I love her accent. She's slightly nerdy and allergic to marketing this bullshit in the coaching industry. So as you can see right off the hop, I am already loving her because she calls it like it is. So welcome to the Inner Dominatrix, Joe. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of giddy with excitement. I love it. <laughs> so we're going to have some fun. So, you know, one of your big things is that you're, you know, you're really encouraging people to, to speak from the heart and, you know, getting women to get out of those old programs and paradigms. Mm. And so tell me a little bit about, about that. Yeah. So I've been working with um, coaches for a number of years now. And one of the things that I found would come up time and time again, because for the first kind of couple of years, I was focusing on helping them with with strategy, you know, how to get your your message and how to do your ideal client and how to do social media so you don't want to vomit on your shoes and, you know, all, all that kind of marketing stuff. But what I was finding I was more and more kind of drawn to and, and also spending a lot of time with was helping people to get past their own blocks and their own resistance. So it's what, so you know that feeling when you kind of think, okay, yeah, I know I should be doing that, but suddenly I have the cleanest kitchen ever. <laughs> uh, oh, I ran out of time today. I will, I will do it tomorrow. And then something else will come up or you just sit there in terror, just kind of, I don't even know why this is so difficult. It's the simplest thing. And you go round and round in your head. And it's, it's almost like the, the inner game, the internal battles that we, we have to kind of, um, go, go into, into war with. And I think a lot of that, the conclusion that I've come to is that especially for women to build a business, what we have to do is to show up in the world, to be seen and to be heard. We need to take up space. And yet so many of the messages that we're given as women right from when we're tiny is be quiet, don't take up space. I mean, you know, literally we have a multi, probably billion dollar industry around keeping us thin and not Mm. taking up too much space, not being too loud, toning it down, uh, focusing on our nurturing side rather than our more kind of, you know, badass side. And, and, and so we have all these internal conflicts when we start to try and build a, a service-based business. So I, I work with coaches, I work with healers, uh, yoga teachers, meditation teachers, anybody who's got a service-based business that relies on them. So they're not promoting washing powder or really groovy t-shirts, they're promoting themselves. And that's when we come into all kinds of mm. um, old programming and, and, and stuff like that. 
So true. So true. And, and I come across a lot of people that say, well, you know, I have no problem promoting everybody else. And, oh, and very typically, yeah. you know, it's like if, if somebody wants to talk about the latest and greatest restaurant that they went to, like, oh, my God, they'll, they'll like sell it mm. to the point that people are salivating. But yeah. then to turn and translate that into having that same enthusiasm for what they do. Oh, my God. Oh, all of a yeah. sudden it's like completely shut down. Mm-hmm. So this is so critical. And I, I really see the same thing. It's, it's, it's not so much knowing what to do, mm-hmm. but actually getting yourself to pull the trigger and do it. Yeah. Right. So it, lots of that stuff around, well, who am I to be doing this? And I'll do it when I've got the, the certification <laughs> yes. and then the next certification or when I can afford a beautiful website to be done. Mm. So there's lots of stuff around, you know, feeling like I'm an imposter or I'm not ready for this or I, maybe I'm just not cut out for this. And I'm, you know, like you, I'm really, really passionate about the fact that as, as, as women, as humans, we all have a big, bold message that we want to get out into the world. And I want to help people to do that because I think especially now as women, we need better role models. We need more role models. We, so we need people to be pathfinders and almost the pioneers in, in this field, the online coaching and you know entrepreneurial industry it's really new. You know, if you think about it in terms of it's only been around what, five, 10 years at most. And so we, we have the opportunity to be building this industry in a way that is doing the best good for all of us. But in order to do that, we need, we can't just leave it to the guys, you know, cause no. they have their own take on it, which is fine. It's great. But we mm-hmm. need different voices there. We need the quieter voices. We need the shyer voices. We need the, you know, the slightly less polished voices. And I want everybody's voices out there. Yeah. And, you know, I love that in that you're taking an all-encompassing kind of approach to it and saying, you know, it's it's not just this type of voice that gets heard, mm-hmm. you know, in allowing people to be who they are show up the way they are. And I love the fact that you're kind of, you're targeting women, you are a woman and you're targeting women. And I think there's something very beautiful in that piece that for marketing, especially a lot of the men out there take a very masculine approach. And Mm -hmm. as women, I don't know if you see this, but I really see that as draining for us as women to try to fit into that model. Mm -hmm. Because we can't be the guys. You know, because we're no. just not. So no. if we keep them, the more energy we keep throwing at it, trying to be like Gary V or trying to be like Tony Robbins or mm-hmm. whoever, whoever, we're never going to be them. No. But, you know, at the same time, we're never going to be Marie Folio because Marie Folio is Marie Folio. But you can be the best, you know, Joe Casey. You can be the best, you know, Shelly from Wisconsin. You can be the best version of you. And so... That's what I think is is really important. We need those those different voices because your voice is going to be like a lighthouse to other people. They're going to say, I never thought I could do that until I saw that person doing it. And now I, I, I you know, I, I, we can't be what we can't see. Have you ever heard that, that phrase? Yeah, yeah. And so we need to see more, you know, more diverse um, images and voices and businesses out there. So um, true. You know, yeah. that's one of the things that I hear from people that in that they say I, I inspire them, 
just in the fact that I'm willing to be so different. I mean, yes. this whole dominatrix theme, <laughs> that's pretty out there, right? So I've never come across, I, I, I said to you as we kind of hopped on the call, I've never knowingly met a dominatrix. I'm so excited. I have so <laughs> many questions for you. But yeah, but it, it, um, you know, just from a branding point of view, it, it helps you to really stand out. But then you bring all of that, all of that energy, almost like that, that philosophy to your business in a way that is just brilliant. No one else can copy you because, you know, how could they? You're you. Yeah. Thanks. And you know, and it's, it's challenging to step into that level. Like I, I will, I openly admit this, that, mm. you know, where I am now, you know, three years ago, I started advertising this, this dominatrix piece, but it wasn't until about a year ago that I really dropped in to own it. And it wasn't until I dropped in to fully own it that things started to change and, and ramp up and dramatically. And I, to me, it just feels like when you're really in alignment with who you are and what your voice is, then people can resonate with you in a way that they can't otherwise. Do you yeah. find that? I, I do, I do. And I think it's really, really interesting you, you, you saying that because I think that for, for a lot of people, they, they have this feeling that, oh, I have to say my rags to riches story and how brilliant it was and how easy it was. And I, <laughs> I really love the fact that you're willing to say, you know what, it was, it was, it was hard and it, it felt a bit weird. And, you know, it was only when I really kind of, committed to it that that's when I, I I saw the change because I think for a lot of us we try and, and hedge our bets a little bit and mm-hmm. kind of go along put a little bit of my quirkiness in and for a lot of us it is a kind of an evolution we we almost like have to take off bits of the almost like the armor that we've put up absolutely um but you're right it's when you're truly aligned and when you're really speaking from the heart when you're really yeah, I'm going to use the very coachy term, speaking mm-hmm. your truth and being fully you. Yes, there are risks there and that's where the fear comes. There's risks that people will go, well, I see you and I don't like you. Ooh. You know, that as humans is really, oh. Yeah, and it happens. I mean, one of my funny stories, and I know I've told this one before on the show, but it still makes me laugh. So I went to networking, women's networking Um, meeting. And this was early on. I'm just starting to embrace this theme and I'm all excited about it. And so I go to the meeting and I show up there and I say, oh, you know, I help women to step into their power and I bring my, my background as a dominatrix and help you to really rock that. And literally this woman takes a step back and has this look of fear on her face. And she says, oh, I'm really happy with my husband. What? (laughs) And it's like, and the irony is that we are like across the road from the major lawyer district in Toronto. And I'm thinking, honey, if I was looking for those clients, I would be over at that building where there's people making way more than you. (laughs) You know, who can pay for this service? (laughs) But, you know, so I I got that a lot. I had a lot of people I'd go to mastermind meetings. And, and I would say, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to develop this branding and how do I get the message across because people aren't receiving it. And the message over and over again from women in particular was, well, maybe you should stop using the word dominatrix because that's really offensive. 
And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I had a lot. Well, it really brought up, it brought up stuff for them. And, and it wasn't until I went to, um, a CAPS meeting, which is the professional speakers association Mm. here. And, and I went there and I said what my platform was and they, they leaned in Mm. and they were like, wow, what a cool platform. Tell me more. Then I realized I was in front of the wrong audience. I wasn't wrong. My platform wasn't wrong. I was marketing to the wrong people. And so they couldn't hear my message. Yeah, that that is so true. And you're not going to, you know, be the right fit for everyone. You know, if you're an apple, but somebody really doesn't like apples, but they love oranges, even if you paint yourself orange, you're still always going to be an apple, you know? So go find the people who love the apples. It's, <laughs> it's a similar thing. But I think it's really interesting, the response that, that you had with the yeah, dominatrix is offensive because it, it plays into, I think, a lot of assumptions that as women we have about how we're allowed to show up in the world. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we're encouraged to, to kind of push down is that, that stronger, um, more dominant side. You know, we, we have a, a, a culture that, not even that long ago had it so that, you know, women weren't allowed to go out to work. My, my, my mother and father, when they bought their first house, my mother had to get permission, written permission from her own father to get the mortgage. Wow. It's crazy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I I think, you know, it's quite new in our culture that we, we, we started kind of breaking through those barriers, but yeah. um, and so I, I find this whole discussion fascinating about how are we holding ourselves back or what's the stuff that we're carrying around that we're not even aware that we're carrying it around until, you know, I'm just, part of me is thinking that poor woman. I'm also thinking, oh my goodness, that must have been awful. But I'm, part of me is thinking that poor woman, she goes to this networking meeting. She thinks it's all going to be, you know, women selling their cupcake businesses and <laughs> stationary lines. And she meets a dominatrix and thinks, I'm in the wrong room. <laughs> what did I come out for? Yes. Um, I, I, I think that's a, a fabulous story because it, it reflects so well, I think, about the fear that a lot of us have and then how sometimes it's only by facing that fear as well that we realize, oh, I can totally handle that. You know, I'm sure you didn't um, dissolve into dust when she said that. No. <laughs> no. And, and when you found your people, how good did it feel to have those people lean in and say, you know, oh, that was a fantastic platform. Yeah. And it's amazing. And it, you know, and it's just, I think it's a lot of too for women. I don't know if you find this, but I really notice that so many women do not give themselves permission to say no. Oh, yeah. And, and so they resist being in any kind of situation where they might have to say no. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, like they, they pulled back. I don't, I don't want to have to be confronted. Like they won't go up and approach someone at a trade show booth because they don't want to have to, you know, well, no, I don't want your products. Yeah. <laughs> and they, right. Yeah. It's really hard to untangle the, the, that sense of they're rejecting me because they mm. think there's something wrong with me. Um, and it is, it is a difficult one when you run a service-based business, it does add that extra layer on it. Cause there's an element of, well, yes, they are rejecting you, but 
they don't know you as a person. They're not saying you're a terrible person. They're more just saying, you're not my cup of tea. I don't need your service right now. It's yeah. not great timing for me. I can't see a need for that. <laughs> you, you know, it could be so yeah. many other reasons, but it's very easy to immediately go to that. <sighs> they don't like me. And to, for, for women, one of the things that we're, we're given um, positive strokes for right from being a young age is being a good friend and being likable and being liked. And so stepping out and, you know, having a clear, strong message does mean that some people are going to say, no, that's not for me. Yeah. And, and that does bump up against a lot of our, of our conditioning. It does, but it, yet it's so necessary. Oh Yeah. So necessary. Like I love, I, I'm actually, I'm really loving how, you know, when I tell people what I do, it, it divides the room instantly. You know, I've got the people who are like leaning in going, Ooh, mm-hmm. tell me more. Yeah. And the other people who are like, okay, I'm going to back away slowly now. <laughs> Before she gets the handcuffs out. Yeah. But I'm clear. I'm really clear. It's like, okay, these mm-hmm. people are all potential. These people, we're just going to completely ignore them. Mm-hmm. It's so cut and dry. Um, that it's empowering, but we have to work through those underlying things and the, the conditioning and the programming. So speaking of that, what kind of tools would you give our listeners? Like, how do we start making those shifts? So there's a, it kind of works on, on a number of levels. So we need to be vigilant and aware of where these kind of points of tension are for us. So when you notice the resistance to doing something and then starting to do some self-examination around, well, what is that about? You know, so what am I afraid of that, that will happen? So that kind of cognitive stuff around, you know, so actually, so a really common one, and it's one that I still deal with myself. And, you know, I, th- I think this is an, an ongoing process of unlearning this stuff. Mm-hmm. But if I say something that's quite kind of bold, or if I, if I tell people about my new service, what if they think, who does she think she is? Hmm. And that's where most of us stop because when they go, Oh, what if they think that? Right. But actually the, the, the most useful part is the, the bit that comes after that. When you say, okay, what if they do think that? It's like, well, because then you can start getting into a bit of analysis about, well, what would you do? And is that a terrible thing? And you can start to approach it with a bit more kind of logic. You're not coming from just that fear place. Yeah. But what a lot of us do is we just stop in the fear place. (gasps) Yeah. We feel, we get that fear and then we stop it. But as opposed to like challenging those, those beliefs and ideas. Well, what if? Mm. Yeah. What, what, What if? So what? Yeah. And there was a, I, one of the best experiences I had, which at the time felt awful, was when somebody wrote the crappiest comment on, on my blog. It was quite a few years ago now. And I was doing a lot of work around resilience. That was, that was, that was kind of my, my niche. I helped mm-hmm. people develop emotional resilience. And I was so fearful that someone would say, who, who do you think you are? You're not a doctor. You're not a psychiatrist. 
you know, you are, you are not qualified to be talking about this stuff. And I'd Mm. written this article about how positive thinking is not always a good thing. So it's, it's, it was called the myth of positive thinking because actually if we think too positive all the time, we can miss out on things that we, uh, studies have shown that we prepare less for things. Yeah. So they, they did studies on, on students who were about to go into to exams. One group were meant to just visualize every day. They're doing fantastically. Another group did some of the, you know, do fantastically visualization, but also did some planning. The planners, the ones who did both, did way better because the first group did not nearly enough revision and study. Um, so, you know, it can have its drawbacks. Um, I love it. I'm so great. I don't need to study. Yes, yes. So I wrote this article and this uh, doctor, somebody had wrote this really, and he said all the things I was afraid of. What you're saying here is dangerous. You're yes. not qualified to be talking about this. And I went into that place of... And then I read it again and then again. And then this voice in me, I can still remember it. It was like, it was, you know, my, my inner strength piped up and just went, oh no, he's wrong. That's not what you're saying. That's not what you're doing. He's wrong. And it was such a revelation because in some ways the worst was happening. My worst fear was coming true. And not only could I handle it, I was actually finding some some strength and my own resilience in it because it really confirmed to me that no I know what I'm talking about here and I wrote him this you know really good I'm still proud of it response back and then obviously googled him and looked on LinkedIn and realized that he was a not a medical doctor he was a I think a doctorate had a doctorate of philosophy or something and that made me feel better um, but so some so, so that experience has stuck with me so much because we can hold ourselves back in that place of <gasps> mm-hmm. but we don't kind of kind of almost like future pace it and imagine okay so what if that did happen what if somebody did say to me who are you to be doing this what would you do? You know, and then that's when we, we do the, the kind of the other stuff, which is about, well, let's draw on things like really stand in your power and own your expertise and stuff. So I'm a big fan of people taking note on a, on a regular daily, if possible basis of the stuff they've done well. Because we have this inbuilt negativity bias in our brain. So Absolutely. psychologists have studied this. And we're mm-hmm. we're going to remember three to five things more negative things yep. than for every positive. And yep. it's a survival thing, you know? It is. In hunter-gatherer days, if some one of your tribe ate some berries and got sick, you, it's really important you remember not to eat those berries far more than, you know, the hug that somebody gave you. Yeah. It's survival. But in the modern world, what that can, what that does is it keeps you hyper vigilant for anything going wrong. And we, we get a skewed perception of our, our capabilities, you know, all, all of our expertise, our progress. And so one thing that people can do is if you consciously start to filter in the good stuff, because you, your, your brain won't be retaining it, won't be remembering it, won't be noticing it as much. But what psychologists have discovered is if you hold that stuff in your conscious awareness for just a few seconds, it becomes sticky. So it will stick in your consciousness much more. So if you do something simple like write down after every time you take a phone call or have the Skype call or um, send the email out or show up on social media or you know all of those things that 
your inner critic will probably go, oh yeah, but that was nothing. They're not nothing. Every one of those is a step in the right direction. If you keep discounting them as nothing, then you're not noticing your progress and you're not building your confidence and your your sense of expertise. Mm, So people can actively start to filter that stuff in. It has a real, you know, real measurable difference in quite a short period of time. Yeah. You know, it's so important. And, you know, it's something that my having delved into the energy world for so long, Mm. I kind of discounted some practical things like that, but I've come back around to it. And I often suggest to people have, you know, get a big jar, you have it on your desk. And every time something like that happens, you know, write it down, but also like take that little piece of paper and put it in that jar. And then you have a visual of how Mm -hmm. much is accumulating. And it's fun at the end of the year to, you know, pop through them and celebrate yeah. Just how many successes that you've had over the year. Uh-huh. Yeah. But if we don't do that, we forget, you know, yeah. and it's easy to discount them. And we just Absolutely. focus on the stuff that didn't go quite right. And, yeah. You know, and, and then there is like a kind of a, an, an energy subconscious, however you, you, you know, wh- whichever fits best with your own belief system component as well around kind of being able to tap into that. I call it your, your kind of your, your wise voice. I, I have, I, I call her my inner Zen mama. Um, <laughs> Love it. She's the one who's the not freaking out. Well, you know, the, all the other parts of me are kind of going, Oh my God, this disaster. And just kind of, she's just quietly sat there with this beautiful smile on her face, just going, what are you like? It's all going to be fine. You know how to do this. Mm-hmm. But when we're so, when we, if we get too busy, or we're, and I'm somebody who's very good at busy. If I let myself, I could be, you know, on the go all the time till I fall into bed. <laughs> um, you know, so I, this is the part I've really had to, to cultivate. Um, but spending time each day, ideally several times a day, in whichever modality works best for you. So maybe it's meditation, maybe it's, you know, being with nature, maybe it's doing some kind of, um, you know, physical body practice. Um, maybe it's, it's more of a, a spiritual practice, but tuning into that, that wise part of you or that, that sense of knowing or, you know, the, the Godhead or whatever it might be for you and tuning into that because that is your source. That is your reminder of how amazing you are because we all come from the same place of, of creation and of light and we're all given gifts and we all are able to to draw on those and we build on those and we need to be able to to tap into that that's our kind of inner reserve if you like of life force but if you keep yourself so busy just focusing on the fact that you know you didn't put out enough social media posts that day or you were at the networking meeting and you shied away from going up and telling the speaker all about what it is that you do and asking for their card and you then beat yourself up about it. And then you're still thinking about it three days later and you're still going, Oh, and this is why, you know, and then the stories start that you tell yourself, well, then you are, you've just wasted three days of, of energy. Whereas you, you can choose to let that go and you can choose to kind of tap back into the, the wise part of you that's may, maybe will point out that, it's a journey and this is something you can learn from. And next time you can do it differently because there'll always be a next time. And what's the one thing that you could do now that could take you into the direction you want to be. And that type of stuff is, is easy to overlook when we get so caught up in the strategy 
it is it, it's about that kind of going inwards and kind of tapping into that source of strength yeah again. and you know this is this is not a okay here are your tools you've listened to this podcast and now you are superhuman you'll never beat yourself up again oh if only if only right <laughs> yeah. like let me know where that magic pill is because i would like yeah. that one okay me too um but it is it's a deeper process and i know you've got a great program coming up you've got a, a six month um, group experience and mm. and i know from working with people too it's like when you dig in on a deeper layer when you you, know, you take people through five or six months that's where you start to create more of a lasting change. So where can people find out about this supernova collective thing yeah. going on? Oh, yeah, it's it's a group program that I, I developed um, and it is, oh, it's, it's just wonderful. And I say that because... Yeah, I, this, I mean, this part of me, as I say it, kind of go, that sounds a little bit arrogant. You're a bit frozen. <laughs> but I say that because I, I own the fact that this is a, just a gorgeous program. And it really feels like it was co-created with with people because what I did when I was designing it is I I spoke to just over 20 people and said, these are the issues that I see coming up time and time again. And the issues were, we all have so much information but it's like, how do you know what to focus on? And then even if you, you know, okay, I'm going to focus on these things. How can you take the theory of say, you know, messaging or branding or, or sales and apply it to your unique business? How, mm. how, how do you do that? There's the, the stuff of, okay, well, I know the strategy, but then why am I not implementing or why am I finding it so hard? Or I've just spent three weeks, you know, redoing my logo on my website. And I know that doesn't get me any more clients, but so it, it's, how do we deal with the, the inner resistance that comes up and work through that? Because you can't have business growth without personal growth. Definitely. And I say that as somebody who's been doing this for quite a number of years now, you, yeah. you just can't, nothing yeah. has required me to look at and deal with my own stuff <laughs> quite like running a business other than maybe parenting and being married <laughs> yes those are both all three of those are fantastic. yes so so um, people can find you at uh, joecasey.com joecasey.com and if they go to um forward slash supernova you'll find all of all of the details there fantastic. it's six months deep dive combination of group work one-on-one work it's yeah it's the best uh, Wonderful. Joe, it has been a delight to have you on the show. I you know you and I could talk for another couple of hours, but we do have a commitment to our listeners to, to wrap it up at 30 minutes. So I am so honored to have you here. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you. It's been a joy. Thanks for tuning in to The Inner Dominatrix, the show that lets you step into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to tell your friends about it. And if you're ready to own your inner dominatrix, then hop over to my website, innerdominatrix.com, and let's have a conversation to get you rocking your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. <laughs>